And we're probably live. Welcome to Legends of Tabletop. Uh, we're getting ready to jump into our ninth session of our Call of Cthulhu mini campaign, One Huge Adventure. Uh, in the last session, uh, we were able to get the record or the phonograph player, I'm sorry, fixed. We made some tea and zonked out. Woke up in a in absolute darkness on a obsidian pillar in the middle of nowhere. Melvin wanted us to trust him. In the middle of nowhere, more like the middle of nothing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Surrounded by void. Um, he he went full like nesty plunge and just dropped off the edge of this uh, obsidian pillar into darkness. By fits and starts, the rest of the party uh, figured that this was the way to go since we were following him into the dreamlands. Um, when we woke up on a beach... Um, we were all uh, kitted out or, or uh, you know, transformed into the garb of, you know, say medieval stuff. There were people who were approaching and they appeared to be from Melvin's city of Kendras. Uh, as they approached closer, it was quite apparent that they didn't want the rest of the party to be there, but wanted Melvin to follow them. Um, we got a little wordy with them and they sent their... Children, I'm using air quotes, turned out to be like horrible tick human creature hybrid things. It was disgusting. Um, <laughs> they, we attacked them, uh, and then the adult creatures also transformed. I, they attacked. Melvin was able to use his Dreamlands power to create this large crevasse, and we began to run uh, as we got further down and away arrows started to rain down and we saw a bunch of footmen along with a black cat yelling for us to get our ass moving uh so we caught up with them it turns out it was black claw along with some of her pirate crew she told us that she was indebted to the resistance in kendras and was um contracted so to speak to bring melvin and I guess by extension, the rest of us to Kendras. Um, we held up in a little, um, wasn't a shot. I guess it wasn't a shot. We held up in the town. The town was destroyed. Um, we waited for nightfall uh, as the Tickmen sort of patrolled, searched the town. Melvin said that there was an armor shop nearby. Um, Black Cat was not very amenable to that plan, but agreed to to stand down so we were able to get kitted up uh while we were stealthing through uh georgie had a bit of an incident and black claw kind of tore into him a little bit sent him away one of the one of her pirate crewmen went with him to help draw the tick men away um before we got to the armor millie saw a small young child cradling his dead mother Turns out that that was a spirit because, of course, the city's haunted. I mean, you know, whatever. Um, so she started to get pulled into that whole thing, and we were able to sort of break her away from that. And then we were able to get to the shore, uh, get on a boat. We have a two-day journey. Oh, Georgie fell off a roof? Softcore parkour. <laughs> <laughs> he, he missed, like, you know, he's like, one, two, three, go. Like, it was a mess, but but he's okay. He didn't he's fall right. off a roof. He jumped off a roof. <laughs> and, it was a big and difference. Landed on the pavement, <laughs> on his face. <laughs> <laughs> 
So we are now safely ensconced upon a boat. We have a two-day travel to get to Kendris, presumably. And I'm going to kick it over to Oscar. Safely, safely ensconced. Make air quotes. I mean, you know, it's Cthulhu stuff. <laughs> okay, so you were on the boat, and you've got a... a uh, there's like... Uh, the pirates had a large bundle of like random blades and scabbards and, and whatever weapons they could have quickly gotten from the weapon shop. And uh, so you're on the, the riverboat and you've got two days through these, this land area. And um, Melvin says, uh, before we go any further, um, I think I should at least help you understand what your innate ability as dreamers is. Um, so hold on, I've got to get the the quick, quick and dirty Cthulhu through the ages guide to the dreamlands for seventh edition. Okay, so your dreaming skill is going to be one fifth of your pow. So he basically gives each one of you a weapon, um, and it's it's not something you're familiar with. Um, it was a seaside town, so there's lots of cutlasses here. You know, one or two uh, thinner swords, a few shot, you know, shorter swords. There are clubs that are are useful, but he says that we're going to practice on this for at least until you guys can successfully change it. And he basically kind of gives you the run through of how to, um, but because you're not native to this realm, you're kind of not bound by all of its rules, and that in the dreamlands. Consciousness can bend reality. It can shape reality. It can't really create, but it can transform what is into something that it's not. Um, so you can change something. He says they say that the, the most powerful dreamers can even create something out of nothing. I've never been able to do that. I've always changed what I've found or altered it. Um, like um, moving the sand uh, to keep to create a, a bar, you know, a, a trench between us and our foes. It's not particularly clever, but it, it solved, you know, it solved, it did what it needed to do. Now, the more you try and change something, the more taxing it will be. So you've got to go for small changes because basically I'm going to be charging you points of POW for how much you change something. So even if you roll your dreaming successful, if you try and do something too big, you can knock yourself out. If, like, if you burn off all your POW, you'll be unconscious. Um, Power magic points, just so I know. Uh, hold on. You did say POW. We're going to go mid magic points. Sorry. Oh, magic points? Yeah. Uh, all right. We're just going to do quick and dirty Dreamlands. Uh, if we ever get it published, uh, Lisa and I will go through it and get it correct for the published version but for now we're not going to let the rules get in the way of the narrative <laughs> that that's a much lower number using magic points <laughs> right so uh basically gives each one of you a weapon that is not something you're very familiar with or, or comfortable with and he's going to help you by guiding you through changing it um like he takes uh, a sword you know, a mid-sized sword. And he says, this is not particularly well-suited. It's not something I would, would wield. Um, when I was here in my previous life, I 
used a blade that looked more like this. And as he holds it and he focus, closes his eyes, you see the blade in his hand shimmer and becomes much shorter, much wider, and have a basket hilt. And he says, and, you know, the more you try and change, the more detail you put into it, the more it's going to, to tax you. Um, for example, he said, if I wanted to make it look like exactly the one I had, it would look more like this. And he closes his eyes and he almost, you can see it now look like when he's done, he looks like he's been up half the night. He looks like he's been cramming for a test. He just looks more tired, more drained. But now it's this beautiful filigree pattern, basket hilt sword with an etched blade, you know, and a slight curve and colorful stones in the hilt. It looks like what you, what, uh, what a prince might wield. He says, don't try and do anything like that. And then almost as an afterthought, he grabs the old hilt and it changes into the hilt perfectly fitted for this. And he puts it on his belt. And I was says, okay, now each of you should try that. Picture changing it into what you most want it to look like, what you most want it to feel, what you most want it to weigh. I've given you something oversized, so it's easier to make something larger into something smaller. It's very hard to make something smaller into something larger. Um, so you've got at least extra, I guess, clay to deal with, if you want to think of it as clay. Um, so he works with each one of you until you can successfully roll your dreaming skill once. <laughs> and we'll say you can try once every 15 minutes. And let's see... Who who is the longest who takes the longest to unlock their dreaming skill? Okay, first 15 minutes, everybody roll. One fifth of your pow. Is it power or magic points? Pow. It's the uh, skill is based off of pow. The skill is okay, one fifth okay. of your pow. Your magic points are going to be like your well of creative. That's energy. what we're oh, okay. Now I understand. Yep, 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 yep. Okay. I fail. No <laughs> nobody. Just raise your hand if you made it. Okay. Uh bot, you know. Next 15 minutes. No. <laughs> okay. Get all these rolls out now. <laughs> 12. 945. Getting better. <laughs> Close, but no. Oh. Okay. And that's a, that's a, that's a hard success too. I got a five out of 16. Okay. So what were you trying to change well, you had a didn't you have a? Maze? I had the I had the Morning Star. Yeah. Okay. How are you going to change it, or are you just going to? I would so so he's like holding onto it and super concentrating, and then all of a sudden he's like, "Yeah, all right," and he's he's like, "Look, look," and you can almost tell that there's a, from from basic view you can't really see a difference. But then he's like, look, I changed the handle from brown to black. So now it's like a black leather wrap. See? <laughs> That's going to be one magic point. He said, all right, well, you need to dream a little bit bigger next time, Georgie. But that counts. Oh, all right. Okay, all right. We're, we're starting the second hour. <laughs> so this is which roll? The fifth roll? That, yeah, this was roll five. Okay. You don't have to do you're, you're done, Georgia. You don't need to. Vivian makes it and Millie makes it. Okay. Well, now he wants to do something bigger. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. What do you guys change your, your swords into? 
Well, I'm going for more of a dagger, so I figure I can use the extra material to make like a handguard. Okay. Um, if you guys want to punch with the, I'll treat it as a knife and a brass knuckle. Uh, sure. Vivian, trench knife. I was just trying to make it um, like a little bit more manageable. It was just too big for me. So like my delicate little hands, just like making it smaller and okay. just more flexible to work with. You make a, a thin, quick knife, perfectly weighted to your hand. Two magic points. Awesome. Uh, Millie, same thing. Two magic points. And Harry is still sitting there with his cutlass. He's like, oh, man, you know, this this, this is not as easy as Georgie. it looks. I, he reaches for like his cigarettes that he doesn't have anymore. He's like, ah. Oh. <laughs> and he says okay well um hold on and he he leans over and he goes guys can you get us a little closer to shore and they they pull him over and he goes and he, he reaches over and he grabs all of this grass and he hands it to harry and he says picture the paper and picture the tobacco and he holds it and he gives you this bundle of of dried grass he like he perks up a little bit, right? Like he hadn't considered that. Like he's trying to focus on this fucking club. All right, uh, I I could really use this. No, sixty nine out of thirteen. <laughs> Damn it! All right. So, all right, we're we're going into the bottom half of the third of the second hour, Harry. All right, hold on. Uh, I, I'm gonna get. I'm gonna get it this time. I'm gonna get it. Oh, I did actually did get it. I got a 12. I got a 12 out of 13. <laughs> <laughs> he's, so, he's shocked. He's like, oh, shit. Uh, give me that. And he goes for the lighter. And, and, and you go, and, and there's like steel. five cigarettes here. Nice. And he, goes, and he smiles at everybody. He goes, just wait for it. Just wait for it. And as you're looking for the lighter you don't have, the five cigarettes transforms into a pipe. And a small pile of tobacco. <laughs> so like, he's the, like he's not really paying attention, right? Like he's looking, looking, and then he looks back and he's like, "Oh, did I, did I do that too?" No, um, you can't oh. create something that doesn't exist in this world. But because you did successfully create something, the world decided it was going to change it into something that made sense for here. Uh, you know, you know, my pop used to he used to smoke a. Smoke a pipe. It's not not. You know what? It, it works. It works. That that that's fine. Uh, you got a match or something? Uh, uh, one of the guys comes over with flint and steel, and and he's got his pipe out, and he goes, <laughs> "Let's let's see if you're any good." And he like takes one of the four uses of tobacco that you created, and lights up both of your pipes, and mm -hmm. and it's exactly your brand. Nice. <laughs> oh, this is this is good. This is good stuff. He goes, yeah, but you're still unarmed, so keep at it. Ah, fuck. <laughs> he looks back down at the, at the sword he's trying to transform. Okay, so you spend almost the entire day just honing and understanding how to use your dreaming skill. And you all realize at this point, it's so difficult for a new dreamer to do this. It's probably not something you're going to use unless it's a uh, last resort. And you can't imagine how much experience he has to do it so effortlessly. Um, because every time you do it successful, you get more points in it. And he's been here for years. Well, I mean, he was seriously motivated. What else was he going to do? Right, right. So um, when you tire of dreaming and start looking out, you realize that you keep passing signs of civilization. 
like you'll pass by and you'll see the ruins of a half sunken dock along the riverside or and then uh half an hour later you'll pass a half burned out mill that's like right up against the river and now it's just choked with weeds and, and the wheels not moving and you'll see farms with like caved in roofs fences half down um i need everybody to make a spot hidden Oh, extreme. 07 out of uh, 81. Regular. <laughs> I failed. <laughs> I ain't spotting anything. Okay, those who made a spot uh, towards the end of day, you're passing by a, a farm, and you see two figures kind of at the door in the distance. They're probably about 30 yards away from the riverbank where there's a, an old dock. And like two figures are in the shadows, and one of them's holding up a torch and waving it back and forth. Yeah, I mean, I think Harry would just say like, "Hey, uh, there, there, there's some people down over there. Do we want? Do we want to? Are stop? they friends or foes?" Black Claw says, uh, "People." <laughs> yeah, they're over there. He goes, "Yeah, uh -huh. they they were once people." Um, they're probably because the only people that live around here now are, are, are tick men and halflings of Dazan. Uh, Lynette wiped out all the settlements here for harboring fugitives from Kandras. Ah. Oh boy. And, oh. and, uh, Melvin goes, what? And he says, yeah, when uh -huh. things got bad in Kandras, people started fleeing and they were seeking refuges in the villages and the hamlets all along the river here. Um, they'd follow the river and, and try and find refuge. After more than a few people did this, Lynette got angry. So she wiped out everything from between, uh, between every settlement between Kendras and uh, Seaside Landing. And Melvin just kind of like sits in the back of the boat and he's like, puts his head down. And, and hey, you, you couldn't know. It's not your fault. I mean, you, 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 Grew past it, right? I mean, you, you didn't know that she was doing all of this. Not not until until she came back. One I mean, of the pirates. One of the pirates go. Not his fault. You really believe that? He was given bad advice. Yeah, yeah. What Millie said. If you're in a world that's not this world, and everyone tells you this world isn't real, after a while you start to believe them. The pirates say, uh, "You folks can tell yourself any lie you want to sleep at night." These people were real. That's why he's coming back here, because he knows now. And one of the pirates are like, you know, kind of like goes over to him and says, you're, they say you're a real powerful dreamer. You can fix all this. And Blackwell says, that's enough. He goes, we're not here to get political. We're here to do a job. A to B, that's it. Leave the fucking guy alone. And uh, at that point, they just avoid him. Hmm. I don't think Harry says anything else. He doesn't want to. I mean, he doesn't know enough about you know, like what's been right. happening to like be like, nah, it's fine. Like we're gonna fix it. It's all right. I I literally have my mouth shut the entire time, and I'm just like looking back and forth at like the emotions, the faces, the the passion behind it. There's a lot of resentment from the native yeah. dreamers uh, towards him, and I guess in a weird way, a little bit towards you. No, that's as, fair. But not as much. Yeah, it's I, I don't take offense to it at all. It's we're here for a reason. 
and they're going through what they're going through. Okay. And uh, towards sundown, uh, towards midday, maybe 3 p.m. on the second day, they pull over the boat. He goes, this is a spot. He says, this is where you'll all be getting off. They pull okay. in and then out of almost like a, a hide, you know, a hunting hide, mm-hmm. um, a pair of people, a man, young man and a young woman come out from behind this hide. And uh, Black Claw like hops down and walks over and he says, we've delivered them. And he goes, truly, truly now. And he goes, yes, they were at the shore as we expected. We led them here. We didn't lose anyone, although that's uh, no small miracle. We're even now. Uh, They're in your hands and we wish you the best of luck. I'm getting my men back to the sea. And they said, thank you. Thank you so much. And they look over, and uh, one of them comes over, the young man, and he says to Melvin, I know that you don't remember me, sir. I was just a child when you were last at Kendras. My name is Marco. He goes, this is Pearl. Um, we're from Kendras, and, and we're assigned to bring you back and take you to the resistance there. And he's like, you see Melvin, and he looks, and he goes, I, I think I remember you. You were the baker's child, yes? And he goes, yes, you, you have a good memory. <laughs> and he says, uh, Pearl, I, I don't think I've ever, I don't have a memory of you. And she said, no, I was born after. One of the last children born. And he says, what do you mean? that You're, you know, you're, because she looks like a young adult. Mm. And they said, uh, Oh, that's because there are no children in Kendras. Lynette passed a law forbidding any of us to marry or reproduce. That sounds like something she would do. This is fitting a pattern. She said as long as her love was absent, there would be no love in Kendras. That's horrible. That checks out, though. She says some of us fled. Um, Some of the first ones even got away. But um, we saw the villages on the river. There aren't many of us left in Kendras, and there are fewer every year. Did did she turn him into them things that we seen down there? That with the, you know, he like puts his hand in front of his face to like make a like nose. Yeah. No, um, she invited a handful of tick men, and those uh, those reproduced, and uh, what didn't reproduce. Uh, prisoners those who disobeyed her were uh, given were put in prison to be used as cattle to feed the tick men and the worst of them were used for breeding to create the halflings what are the halflings where did they come from um they came from the nightmare realms of the dreamlands and uh, the halflings are the offspring of breeding of rapes between the tick men and humans So did they exist here already or did she like pull them in from this nightmare thing you're talking about? What, how does that work? He said, uh, Melvin says the nightmare realms are, are, are far to the West, but for some, for with her wings, she could traverse that quite easily in a couple of days. Oh, jeez. What? And he says, uh, why are we not taking the river further down? And they said, it's not safe. It's watched. Um, from here, we have a path that will lead through the swamps, um, and that'll bring us, uh, you know, bring us to uh, 
Kendras from an area uh, from an area that is uh, not commonly traveled. We're hoping to smuggle you in if we can get all the way there. But the swamps are perilous. Uh, we almost didn't make it all the way here. We do have some supplies for you. Um, okay. We're not sure if the you know, and basically you guys haven't really eaten since you've gotten here. Mm. So um, you know, mm. uh, you're you're basically like all hungry, very hungry, and it, uh, basically it's. Uh, a bag of moldy potatoes, a few um, bad, you know, few twisted-looking onions, and some uh, sour-tasting uh, dried fish. I've eaten worse in France. <laughs> I can work with this. Uh, Georgie wants to try something. What do you want to try? Uh, he's going to take the potatoes mm -hmm. and. Can he try to make them into like French fries? <laughs> Good idea. I want to take a potato and try to make it into like a like a, a, a handful of French potato? fries. Okay, here's or... the thing: making it into a baked potato would be one magic point. Yes, making it into a pile of French fries would involve simulating frying, salt, yes. and cutting. Yes. Um. So that's going to be. Uh, that's going to be three magic points if you do that's it. That's fine. The first thing that comes to Georgie's mind is French fries. Okay, go <laughs> for it. All right. Oh, nope. That's a 34. <laughs> right. It's not an easy skill to master. <laughs> and um, he says, okay, we'll, uh, we'll follow your lead. And um, you see they have like a they, you know, they've got their their packs on. You know, they're basically sacks pulled over their shoulder. They're filthy. Um, their clothes looks like wet and muddy. They both look thin, and uh, you know, they lead the way through this uh, swamp. And you're you're not you're not a half hour into it when the smell just starts to like bubble up, um, and, and it's just this this rot sulfur. Ooh like salt flat kind of, of smell. And then after the first hour, that's when the hordes of biting flies arrive. Oh. And uh, at that point, the, the two natives, you know, Marco and Pearl, they pull down the uh, you know, hoods and they cover their faces and they reach down and they, you know, cake mud all over the exposed skin. Uh, I'll do the same. I'm yeah. also going to see if I can turn... Just the mud that's on our skin into like the equivalent of a bug repellent. Okay, roll a dreaming. Nice. Yeah, probably not, but it's worth a shot. Close, but no cigar. I think Harry probably, I mean, because the men probably have like full sleeves. So like he'll put some mud like on the back of his hands and maybe just kind of like touch it to his cheeks. Like he doesn't want to be filthy with mud, but he's also like... You know, just fucking waving his hands the whole time. Like, okay, you don't have this in Viv, the city. Are you are you following suit? I, I literally just just shrug my shoulders and disgustingly like pat the mud on, and just just making all the faces, but just doing what I need to do to feel comfortable. Georgie's uh, used to being dirty from working on the dock, so he'll just reach right in, start smearing. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, Melvin is just like he, he appears more and more miserable as the, the the leagues go by, and finally he just says, "All right, hold on, I, I need a breather." And he, he grabs this rock, 
and just focuses on it for a few minutes. And then uh, it's a senesir filled. It's like a, a lantern filled with incense, like they would on a pole. <laughs> and the two natives, you know, look at him with like awe. But you can tell that this was a huge drain yeah. on, his, on his on his ability. Mm. But it does deaden the stench and it keeps the all but the worst, all but the most determined marsh flies away. Mm. What else I ask do we need to worry about in here besides the flies and the stench? You said you barely made it. Pearl says uh, we can't light a fire. And we should keep our voices down. Uh, there are tribes of feral men of Lang that hunt here towards the west. Sometimes they get this far. We ran into them uh, and we had to hide for almost a day. Men of what Lang. the hell is that? Um, he says uh, they're horned, covered with mm -hmm. hair. Uh, picture satyrs from uh, mythology, except, you know, a lot more violent. Oh. Wait, wait, like, like, well, okay. I mean, Tickman, I guess that's a, God, this is a fucked up place. He says it's not supposed to be. It, he whispers, it used to never be. No, no, no. Georgie, no, not, Georgie leans that. over to Vivian and is like, what, what's a satyr? <laughs> I don't even know what it is. All right. Um, during this rest period where you're kind of, you know, finding a dry patch and they apologize. I said, it's not really safe to light a fire. Um, the, you, we, we can light one if you really need to, but you know, we would rather not. Um, I need everybody to make a luck roll. Not with these guys. Try new, new I day. Oh, two. Oh, two. Oh, fail. <laughs> fail. Fail. Oh, fail. Fail. 100% fail. Okay. Not 100, but yeah, I failed. Um... Lisa, roll a uh, a spot hidden. Uh, eighty three. That does not make it by rather a lot. Okay, uh, I need the rest of you to also roll spot hiddens. Okay. That I make. Extreme. That I got. Yep. Yeah, you I got, got extreme a half. I got a yes, hard. I got a fourteen out of eighty one. <laughs> okay, um, as you're out of the water and you know, trying to wring out your pants or stuff, you feel something against against your skin. Um, and all three of you have leeches on oh. your ankles and uh, on your thighs. Uh, oh, ah, jeez. What the hell? Oh, oh my God. Oh, my God. That's How do we get these God. things off? That's, that's disgusting. Let me um, guess. Let's start trying to, like... Will the incense burner do it? I pull on Georgie. Um, they say no, no, don't, don't touch the like the Marco and Pearl go, don't touch them, and they 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 take the salted fish and oh. they press the salted. They actually press their rations against the leeches to make the leeches come undone, and then they just kind of brush the salted fish off and put it back. No, that makes I'm, sense. It's disgusting, I'm, but it makes perfect sense. I'm fighting every urge not to scream, like just in disgust. And like anger and just, ew. Well, try to think of it as a really weird spa. Marcos, yeah. Marcos says this is this is terrible. He says, "Can't I 
uh, he says, are you sure we can't light a, a, a fire or, or, you know, maybe, you know, I, I could make a boat. And they said that all of that could, would draw attention to ourselves. By yeah, we really we, don't we, need the attention at this point. We're going to have a big enough fight as it is. And you're drooping with weariness. How how long is I'll, this re, I'll regain my strength tomorrow and uh, how long how long are we gonna be in a swamp like how how long we gotta travel this you know to to Kendras? They say that uh, we're gonna be in the fire we're gonna be in the fire we're gonna be in the marshes for another full day and then we'll be at the mountains we'll have two days in the mountains and then we should come down on the other side, on the outskirts of Kendras, from a direction nobody's expecting. We hope. Well, what, what, what's the, I mean, obviously everything's, you know, kind of all a mess. Uh, what, what, do we, what do we expect when we get there? I mean, what, what's the situation look like? It says, well, there are at least uh, a dozen of us who have been hiding weapons. Uh, we have a plan. We've been working on a tunnel to get into the dungeon. The plan has always been to free all of the captives and hostages and then flee in mass and take our chances. Um, would go in different directions so that Lynette wouldn't be able to capture all of us. And if we make enough of a distraction while you're doing that, that might help. We've never been able to finish the tunnel. Uh, but, and they said with, you know, with help of, of some powerful dreamers such as yourselves, we're um, just starting, but we're face. willing to try. My face. Yeah, Harry gets kind of shifty-eyed. <laughs> he says, "What do you mean?" He goes, "What do you mean hostages?" And he says, "Anyone who's disobeyed her has been locked up in the dungeon to be used as cattle for the tick men." Okay, so what we need to do is finish the tunnel, get everyone out of there, and as they're running, we need to go with you to Lynette and deal with Lynette. If we succeed, problem solved. If we fail, at least everyone will have a chance to get away. So Melvin says, I think, he says, if we, he says, so he goes, you're, you're heading for the mountain pass. Yes. And he, they said, yes, it's the only way, uh, you know, to the village from here. And he says, there is another path. Do tell. He says, um, I know of a hidden valley behind a waterfall that will cut us through the mountains. We could be in Kendras the day after tomorrow instead of in four days. We still will have another day in the swamp, correct? Yes, but instead of two days over the mountain, it'd be maybe a half day. How Uh, sure are we that Lynette doesn't know about this? There are no people living there. There never were. Mm -hmm. And they said, we know nothing about this valley. And they said, yes, it's not something, you know, it's, we kept it secret. Yeah, but if she flies, can't she see above? She could possibly see that valley. He Was says, this Mount- a place that you, that you guys used to go together? Because then maybe she knows about it. You said you guys you kept it secret. He said, we, who, who kept it secret? Lynette and I. I mean, uh, I then don't, I don't she know. knows it exists. But she's but, not expecting us to come in this direction. And frankly, if she meets us there, then we deal with her there. Which we have to deal with her in any case. He says, look, I... I, So I think you may be right. He says, I think the sooner we get there, the better. Um, Yeah, I I agree. We're going to get weaker every day that we're here. Yeah, I I agree. 
as I said, even if she expects us and meets us there, we have to meet her anyway. It, it, there's no reason not to take a faster route. Pearl says, I, I, I don't like changing up the plan. We know that the mountain route is, route is safe. And Marco is like, if it cuts our travel by two days, he goes, you know, once we get him to town, everything will be okay. He'll put everything to right. You'll see. He goes, it's not going to be like this anymore. And she says, we're, she says, but Marco, we're already away. We're already, you know, you and I could could leave. If the two of you want to leave now, just see us to the edge of the swamp and then go. That's okay. He says, and Marco says, look, there's no, unless we help them, there's nowhere to go. They'll never be able to meet up with the resistance. We have to take them the rest of the way in. It's the only chance the three of us have. And he puts his hand on her stomach. I think that may be even more reason for the three of you to get away as soon as you can. He says, we barely made it to the river. He says, we'll never make it as far as seaside landing. And from what we hear, the city is in ruins and haunted. The two of is, us have uh, no chance. We, we, is we seaside landing where we landed? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Seaside landing is haunted, yes. Yeah. Very, very and, haunted. And Pearl starts to cry. And Marco says, it's going to be okay. I swear to you, I'm going to make this right. Just get me to Kendras, and I promise you, no harm will come to any of you. He goes, I'm going to make this right. And, you know, Marco just kind of, like, consoles her and, you know, helps her gather up her courage. And you can tell they're, they're terrified to go back. Um, Harry, Harry asks, he says, uh, you said you're, uh, you know, making a tunnel into the dungeon. How many people are we talking about in the dungeon? How many people are you trying to spring? We don't know how many are left. The ballpark? We still, we still hear screams. There could be a couple of dozen. We hope. Okay, more, of dozen. More, okay. More, more than more than a hundred have been taken over the years. Mm. No, it's a it's a good plan. Going in through the dungeon is is a good plan. What are we I looking don't... at in terms of like guards and stuff down there? Tink men, I assume, in halflings. Yes, although they're primarily her minions. I still feel like we should stay on the path. I I just for some reason I feel like we should not deviate from it. Like they know it's safe. I don't know. I mean, uh, you know, he kind of like casts his eyes over to, to the sack of like disgusting rations, and he's like, I don't know, Viv. Uh, he says, you know, kind of like rubs the stomach. Goes, so. the, the, to the, the end of the, the marsh first, right? And then the next, you basically spend a horrific night sleeping on damp ground in the cold, no, no fire. Um, the temperature drops drastically. So you guys are huddling together for warmth. It is an absolutely miserable night. And in the morning, you're all one con point drained. When you're talking one con, if we're talking six to seven, that should be five con, right? Yes. Okay. Sorry. I'm old. <laughs> it's okay. I have had to internalize this. Right. So what's happening? You lose five con just okay. for sleeping out in the no fire in the marsh overnight okay. after the temperature dropped and you're all hivy from biting fly bites and you know you're scarred up from ticks from uh, leeches 
This podcast is a proud member of the Legends of Tabletop Broadcast Network. For more gaming-related content, please visit www.legendsoftabletop.com.